0: Welcome to Season 3 of Everyday Intuition, the podcast for people who want to live life more confidently. I'm Susan Gorman, and I'm an intuitive counselor who's been helping people conquer uncertainty for over three decades. I believe intuition is our most natural resource, and discovering its inner workings will help you live your most authentic life. There's a reason why we look to our hearts to navigate life's challenges. So I invite you to join me in pulling intuition out of the margins, one hunch at a time. It's still August, which means that we are, you know, in some places of the world, it's still going to be summer for a long time. In fact, it may not even have ramped up to be full hot heat weather, and for other people, In the world, perhaps the people around me were divided into two camps. One is wishing that this would never end, and the other people are wishing that fall would just giddy up already. And I'm always of two minds, because I'm always cold, like always cold. I think I might actually be part lizard. So there's only about three months every year where that's not happening, So going into fall, which is one of my favorite seasons is sort of bittersweet because on the one hand, I'm usually ready for a change of pace. And on the other hand, my body is already thinking about (laughs) like being in an air conditioned space that's a little too air conditioned will sometimes remind me of what it's usually like for me, hands and feet wise. So I think Especially with climate change, it's important more than ever to be in the day that we're in. And, you know, I grew up in Southern California, which prepares you for nothing, nothing. It's so mild and gorgeous compared to most of the world. And so I've been in New England now for 18 years, and I still have this sense of being on a fast roller coaster because the seasons are distinct and there's four of them and they change very quickly. So I like paying attention to the weather as a form of meditation. And I think what's interesting is that we often know what's going to happen with a season before we actually start to experience it. I think it's an intuitive experience actually I don't know if anybody has ever read The Farmer's Almanac, but I used to get it and it would oftentimes confirm what I was already feeling intuitively. Another fun thing that often happens is that when people start coming in for sessions in like the later part of the summer, I can tell... Who needs more vitamin C and more sleep and more water as a hedge against all of the colds and flus that come through? And I don't actually know that I got that much about it pre-COVID. I'm trying to think back to the fall of 2019. And I know that there were some people that it just felt really distinct. Maybe if you had a session with me back then, you can give me a buzz and let me know what happened. Because there are some ways in which I was picking up on COVID without actually being told that we were going into a global pandemic. My guides are lovely in working with me. They don't tend to use scare tactics at all. In fact, it's not even a matter of not tending to, they just don't. And so they probably wouldn't have used scary language. But I remember giving a lot of advice to people about staying put and battening down the hatches, like financially, health-wise, relationships, all of that. So it's really nice, actually, when someone contacts me and lets me know that the things that I've said manifested in a way either that they expected or didn't expect. There's a whole episode that we have planned for you about that, involving a herd of metal goats. So. I will just put that out there as a little teaser. Please stay tuned. (laughs) So today what I want to talk to you about is that intuition is the language of energy. So I'm going to lay the foundation for this idea today. And because it's a big one. And it can be something that doesn't really make sense it may make perfect sense, but not in words and not in the way that we have traditionally seen ourselves as human beings, as people. And the reason why I want to take this slow and just kind of go in chunks, right? So this is part one, which is we're just going to talk about what is this web, this interactive, interconnected web of energy that we all live in. Now, I also want to say that I'm doing my best to describe some of this stuff, but there are lots and lots of good people who've written lots and lots of good books about this in different takes and different forms. And basically, I'm just giving you my experience and the information that I've received over my 30 plus year career. There are things that I don't actually have words for, and there are things that I don't understand completely myself. So if I don't know something I'm going to say, I don't know. For example, we use the word energy, but I'm not sure we really know exactly what we're talking about when we say that. So first of all, my eldest kid is a physicist. So what I may actually do is see if I can... Get them to interview with me and I'll like bust out a more metaphysical take on things. And perhaps they can tell us if this actually exists. I've maintained for years that science is going to catch up to intuition and it's starting to. There's a really great podcast by Invisibilia, which I will link in the show notes that describes intuitive empathy and what I do and who we all are, because I believe most of us are intuitive empaths to a certain degree in a way that is just kind of amazing. And I think that the fields of medicine and physics are starting to pay attention to some of the things that we intuitives have been trying to describe for a long time. So with that, let's look at this web. Okay. So if I could draw you a picture, a moving picture, if I could illustrate this, I would put a big circle in front of you. And the circle would be big enough to include as a point of reference on the circle, every single sentient living being, or as far as we know, non-sentient living being. On that circle. And then I would change it and I would make it a sphere so there would be more room for all of this. What has been described to me is that no living thing on our earth is separate from any other living thing. And that we communicate with each other by sharing our experience, which is energy on this sphere. Okay, so I know we're getting groovy, we're getting a little far out, I apologize, but I'm just trying to explain it the way that I understand it. So in my writing, I've tried to talk about what happens when one person is feeling something or going through something to all the other of us, right? And what's the best way to live our lives so that what we're putting out into the energy sphere is what we would like to put out and what we receive also is for our highest good. And we know that the universe is concerned with the highest good for the greatest number of people. So this breaks down into a number of different categories. The first is, first of all, Susan, what the heck is the universe? Why do you keep talking about the universe? It's because I am aware that we all have different spiritual beliefs. And saying the universe is a really great way of talking about a spiritual intelligence, God, goddesses. There are secular people in our communities. There are atheists in our communities. But the universe is a really great, neutral, least offensive way of saying a higher power, the sum total of all goodness with intelligent design attached or thrown in for good measure. So if you think about this energy sphere, this web that connects multiple experiences through it to many different beings, and we're all a part of it, then the purpose is the highest good for the greatest number. And that foundation point is that whether we understand it or not, we are always affected by the whole and we affect the whole as well. Okay. So example, when the war broke out in the Ukraine and Ukraine was invaded, it was extremely difficult to stay in an empathetic state when so much suffering, so fresh and new, was put into the web. And I know many of us were feeling very helpless because we didn't have our magic wands. We couldn't just change what was happening, right? It also becomes a metaphor. For personal things that happen beyond our control. And what I recommended is do what you can, but please do something. Don't feel like you have to do more than you can, but don't do nothing. And remember that you can meditate or orientate your consciousness, you know, the way you are experiencing your day. And dedicate things to the sphere. So, what that means is if you hear a story about someone who's had to leave their home abruptly, or their animals, or they don't know where the members of their family are, the moments where you're experiencing those things, sleeping safely in a comfy bed, petting your pets, communicating with your loved ones, that you develop a consciousness about that and you send it and dedicate it out into the sphere. So again, we're in these far reaches of the woo here. I hope you guys are still with me. When we come back, we're gonna talk about another way to work with the concept that we are all connected. Hey, did you know I have online courses you can take? My most recent course just launched. It's called Intuitive Meditation, A Course for Everyone. And by the way, I do mean everyone. It's a self-paced, downloadable course that includes eight daily lessons and three recorded meditations to jumpstart your learning. The course helps you build a foundation for a grounded meditation practice that you can actually do. Meditation won't train you to shoot laser beams out of your eyes, but it can help you be the most authentic version of yourself. Liberate Yourself from soul-crushing stress, consistently connect you to your intuition, and teach you how to trust it. Intuition is our most natural resource, and meditation done consistently easily unlocks its power. This course will show you how. And guys, I'm really sorry about the laser beams. I really wanted that for us. Okay, we're back. So if you're still listening... <laughs> we're just going to go a little step further for now. And what we're going to talk about is what it's like to lose sight of what's mine is mine and what's yours is yours. So obviously, if we are all part of an interconnected web of energy, that means that everybody's got to have a really good boundary system, an energetic boundary system. And what that means is it's possible for us to pick up the emotions and feelings and thoughts of other people as if they were our own, usually without invading people's privacy. That is like a big capital S spiritual boundary that doesn't get violated by anybody. Many, many of my clients have practiced and learned how to recognize when something that they are feeling is not theirs. And it's a tricky process because it sure feels like it. That's what intuitive empathy is actually. It's the ability to feel other people's thoughts and feelings as if it were our own, our own, which means it happens in us and to us. And if you've ever been in a situation where you've been overwhelmed And realized suddenly, wait a minute, I don't know if this relates to me at all. It's often disorienting because we're taught that emotional empathy, right, is the only empathy. And emotional empathy states that I may not actually have gone through something exactly like you have, but I can imagine it. So, having an intuitive, empathic experience can be incredibly jarring, and it can also be really wonderful. So, often what I will say is that emotional empathy happens in a way that is like incongruent to what we're going through right now. So, for example, the example of walking into a room and someone is really angry and suddenly you're really pissed off, but you don't understand why, right? You in the web opened up to, without knowing it, right? Because once again, how would we know? We're not taught. We don't talk about it, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Down from the soapbox. But if you walk into a room or for example, if you get a headache and somebody else has a headache, It can be a physical thing. What are some of the other examples that we suddenly get really anxious about things that we weren't worried at all about? Some of that is because we nurture relationships where we believe that caring for another person means that we carry all of their burdens and challenges in in their life. And the fact is, this is more of a foundation piece of codependency than it is interconnectedness. I get a lot of my own information about boundaries from studying someone named Pia Melody. And I encourage you to check out her work because she really has such a down-to-earth, great understanding of what our boundaries are and how they fail. And we could do a lot to learn better boundaries. I talk about this a lot, and we're going to have an episode on it. But for now, okay, let me just give you a simple grid of how we participate in that interconnected web of energy, but we can do it with more intention and more proficiency so that we're not carrying the weight of the world. You know people like this, right? They can't Get out of their own way because the world seems like their responsibility too much. You also know people who just blow the whole thing off because it's so overwhelming and they don't engage at all. You also know people who only see their value if they're doing something productive for other people. So they do believe in the spiritual nature of being of service, but they take it to an extreme where it's not helpful to them. And you also know how you feel when you can't fix it for somebody that you love, right? So put yourself back on that circle in that sphere and listen to boundary systems, okay? So for example, we have energetic boundaries, and that's going to be the subject of another episode of this podcast. So we have to have those. Then we have to have spiritual boundaries. And spiritual boundaries state that I am entitled to believe whatever I believe spiritually and so are you. So however you understand the world to be a spiritual place or not is okay. And then we have emotional boundaries. And emotional boundaries state that I am allowed to feel whatever it is that I'm feeling and so are you. And physical boundaries state that I am allowed to decide where my body is going to be in the world. And so do you. And sexual boundaries are just a subcategory of physical boundaries. And they state that I get to decide who and how I am sexual with, who I'm sexual with and how I am sexual. So you can see how not having good boundaries means that this interconnected web of energy becomes a burden and not a source of sustenance. And you're probably right now thinking of people that you know that manifest poor boundaries in many ways, right? Because boundaries are really hard for us. It's one of the hardest things about being an intuitive person In the world. And I think one of the main reasons why we just prefer to have intuition stay in the margins, right? Because if it's not real and it doesn't exist, the challenge of actually integrating our intuitive selves into our emotional selves, physical selves, mental selves, and spiritual selves just is an invisible experience. We don't have to have it. I really think that this is one of the reasons why. Intuition is seen as something that's not helpful, not common, and even, you know, dangerous. Because setting boundaries in all of the other areas is hard enough. And when you bring energetic boundaries into it, it can be even tougher. So when I say that intuition is the language of energy, what intuition is actually trying to say to us Is how you become a sentient being among sentient beings. It's about your place in the world. It's about what's important to you. It's about the contracts you make with the people that you're traveling with and the experiences that you have. So it's dense, right? And there's more, but it's still summer. (laughs) So I'm going to leave you some time to go to the beach or the lake or to do your favorite summer thing. It might involve ice cream and popsicles. It might involve sitting in a nice air-conditioned room. You know, for my friends down in the Southern Hemisphere, just take everything I've said just now and make it cozy, right? Just flip it. Put a scarf on, put a hat on, light a fire. And I will see you next time. And as always, if you have questions or thoughts, I'm dying to hear them. I'm sending all of the good woo to you, and I'm sending all my love. And that's it for this episode of Everyday Intuition. If you enjoyed the show, remember to subscribe to us on whatever podcast app you use. It's the best way for other people to find it, and we so appreciate you helping us get the word out. Also, we love your shares on Instagram and Facebook about what you loved, something that made a difference for you in your life, or an aha moment. Remember to tag me at Susan Gorman Intuitive and use the hashtag Everyday Intuition Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll be back in a couple of weeks.